Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Grace and peace are yours in abundance. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Home is where the heart is. Maybe you've seen that as a doormat or a knickknack around a home. On the one hand, it usually implies of a place where you like to be or love. Maybe you can think of times, fun times with your friends or family. On the other, you can pour your whole heart and soul into a home and not really be satisfied. Or the homes can change from cities to states to just even across the neighborhood. Or sometimes the home can be messy. And I'm not talking about clothes on the floor. A a home where you do not want to be. In the good times, the heart wants to be at home. In the bad times, the heart wants to be far away from the home. So let's shift from talking about the doormats, wood, and mortar to the spiritual heart. Christ knew the hearts of people. And today, it is a matter of the heart. For the unbeliever, the heart has obstinate opposition. In Christ, the heart has delightful joy. We see in our early sermon verses for today that Christ was all about the heart, especially to those Pharisees. And those Pharisees, instead of listening to God's word, they changed it to fit their own agenda. Instead of following Jesus' saving work, they claimed that Jesus was not the Son of God and plotted to kill him. So we read from the first four verses of our text for today. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So why was it a big deal? Yes, the disciples were eating their hands a little dirty, but the thing was, this was a tradition that the Pharisees added that had no scriptural background at all. Imagine it like this. Imagine instead of praying before you eat, you have to do a ceremonial washing of your of yourself and then your table, your chair, your plates, and your cups just in order to eat. Isn't that ridiculous? But the thing was that these Pharisees were the quote-unquote experts in this, and people believed them. So Jesus had the heart to tell them that they were wrong because there was no scriptural background to it whatsoever. We continue with the next three verses. 
So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human traditions. You can hear the tone they had, right? In their minds, they had their hearts set on arguing against Jesus. And they thought they were right. But Jesus used scripture to tell them that they were wrong. And they used, he used scripture that he, they were familiar with, like Isaiah. So Christ quoted scripture, while the Pharisees did not quote scripture. In their stubborn opposition against Jesus, the Pharisees were standing underneath God's judgment. As the days passed, they got farther and farther from God. They had their hearts set in complete opposition to the Lord. They were the farthest away from him. Yet we see the stubborn opposition as well. Sometimes the unbeliever is like those Pharisees. They do not want to listen to the commands of God or his promises, rather pour out evil from their hearts. We continue with 15, 21 to 23. Jesus says, Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Today we see those evils poured out everywhere, don't we? We know and live in a world that glorifies sexual immorality, slander, envy, pride, and theft and murder and greed are seen everywhere on TV today. Maybe you can think of a shooting that happens or, or another murder that happens on the television. And the thing is, people can become so numb to it. And no matter where we go on this earth, there'll be people who are like the Pharisees who stand in complete opposition to God. The society we live in despises the commands of God and what they teach. And as time goes on, the world will push farther and farther away from God. So what about us here today? We have evil pouring out of our hearts, don't we? We find it hard not to sin daily, right? Firstly, we know ourselves better than anyone. And we, we know of those sins that can creep into our minds from time to time. And the more and more you try to get rid of, fo fo uh, of focusing on those sins, the more and more you actually focus on them. Or secondly, imagine if our uh, thoughts reflected our actions. Imagine it like this. Imagine if you had a screen sitting on the top of your head and it projected everything that you thought. We wouldn't want those thoughts to be projected on that screen, would we? We wouldn't want the, let's see, 
sexual morality, the arrogance, the folly, the slander to be projected on that screen, do we? And it's terrifying to think about because we know how easy those thoughts can become actions. And as a result, people, we can hurt people, the ones we love, and ourselves. So whether it is people who stand in complete opposition, like the Pharisees, or us here today, who struggle with sin, we see that evil pours out of the hearts of everyone. There are people who stand in opposition to God. But in Christ alone, we know that our hearts are renewed as well. Jesus had a big heart for the Pharisees too. He had the heart to tell them that they were wrong, even though they did not want to listen to him. He had the heart to show that same love to his enemies, not only then, but his whole life. And he makes it clear that he shows that same love for you and for me. Because of that great love, we know that we are forgiven of all of our sins, even the ones in the, of our thoughts and actions. Christ's dead heart on the cross was our payment for all, all of our lives. And Christ's beating heart now, today, is our living hope. So take to heart three passages I picked out that show that we have a renewed heart as well. The first one comes from Ezekiel 11, verse 19. I will give them an undivided heart and a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. What a beautiful picture that is. The heart that normally overflows with evil is replaced, and God replaces that with a beating heart, a live heart, one that beats for God, that bursts forth with praise and thanks to God the Father. Wow. The second one comes from Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Here we see the awesome, powerful work that God can do. And it's the same word that is used to create the world the world at creation. The same words that said, let there be light, also said, let there be a new heart in you. It shows how special we are to him, to God, our Father. And it shows how powerful our God is and that he tenderly cares for us by creating a new heart in us. And the last one comes from Hebrews chapter 10. Let us draw near with God, to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. That last one really says it, does it? We know that we have the assurance that faith brings because our hearts are cleansed, and that means we can open our hearts to God with a sincere heart, and he will answer us, and he will be with us. So we see that, that, God's, uh, that God removes that hard heart, the one that's made of stone, and puts a heart of flesh. And because he created it, and it's something that only he can do. And we can go to him anytime with a sincere heart and know that we are assured that what that faith brings, that our hearts are cleansed. It shows that 
even hearts that overflow with evil can be changed to a heart that's beating for God. There is one example like that in the Bible. His name was King Manasseh, and he may have been regarded as one of the worst kings to ever reign in Israel. Firstly, he worshipped every other god under the sun besides the one true God. Secondly, he defiled the temple with the most disgusting things you could think of. And lastly, tradition has it that he killed God's spokesperson, Isaiah, by sawing him in half. It's like he had a checklist of all the things he wasn't supposed to do and did them. God obviously was angry and sent him into exile by the Assyrians of all people. And it was there in the prison where he probably was tortured and beaten where he opened his heart up to God. In full repentance, he, he saw what he did and asked God for forgiveness. And by his grace, God forgave him. God took out that heart that was overflowing with evil and put in a beating heart for him. And as, as Manasseh tried to go back, his son to die for us. So we can sing praises to him for the rest of eternity. And so when we have those ups and downs in our lives, when it seems like our nights are long and our days are empty, know that God will be with you. He will uphold you with his right, mighty right hand because he has created a new heart in you, one that loves the God, our Father. And so because of the love that God has for each one of us, a love so great that even before this whole world existed, before this whole city existed, before this whole uh, world existed, God had each one of you in his mind. He called you each out by name with his lips. And he had each one of you in his heart. So, let us give praise and thank, thanks to him who sits on the throne, to the one who's waiting for us to come home. Praise be to God our Father. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.